gets a block, cuts it back, 40, 45, 50, he's off to the races, down the left sideline, to the 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Aaron Jones, oh, what a play! This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Game on Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast are brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. What's up, Packers fans, and welcome back to the Quick Slants podcast at Game on Wisconsin. I'm your host, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone. You can find Game on Wisconsin at Game on WI. So we now know who the two Super Bowl teams are. We have some Packers news, and we're going to talk mostly about the Packers news, but we know that it will be the Los Angeles Rams against the Cincinnati Bengals in this year's Super Bowl. And it marks the second year in a row that the team from the host city will play the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Incredible. The first 54 Super Bowls, not a single home team. And now we've had two in a row. There won't be a third in a row because the Super Bowl is in Arizona next year. And that's where the Cardinals play. And so that's, yeah, no, there won't be a third in a row. But there is a second in a row here, and so I want to congratulate both the Los Angeles Rams and Cincinnati Bengals for achieving what they set out to achieve when they started this season. The Bengals, quite a turnaround. What a story. The Rams were in the playoffs last year. They got knocked out by the Packers this year. They forged their way through and found a way to beat The San Francisco 49ers, who had beaten them both times previously in the regular season. And as I often say, the playoffs make everything else not matter. And so the Niners are going home. It's almost like I tweeted this after the game was over, but it's almost like you have to kind of score enough points to win a game and you can't count on historically bad special teams to just slide you into a Super Bowl opportunity. So... The 49ers have plenty of time to go back to the drawing board and figure out how they're going to probably blow it again next year. So, okay, the Green Bay Packers. We're going to talk about that. But before I get to that, just a quick couple of of thoughts here as I think about our game on Wisconsin family. And the last time I did this show was last week, Monday. Of course, I record on Sundays, Sunday night. So when I recorded the show, I had no idea what was going to be in store in the next day to come. And what I found out, and we found out the following day on Monday, was that one of my absolutely best friends out there, Jacob Westendorf, our fearless leader at Game On Wisconsin, very unexpectedly and tragically lost his dad on uh, last week on Monday. And I had was very fortunate enough to meet his dad uh, on two occasions. I was uh, very lucky to stand up in Jake's wedding and met his dad there. Great guy, great vibe, great conversation, and was very fortunate to also get a chance to see him 
again at the Game On Wisconsin party at the Green Bay Distillery when I was in town for the season opener against the Detroit Lions this past season. And so this this one hits for me because I knew Rick and didn't spend hardly anywhere near as much time around him, obviously, as his family did. But my heart goes out, obviously, to Jake and his brother Adam and his beautiful mom, Jennifer Westendorf, just a great Great family, great group of people. But Blakey, um, Jake's daughter Blake, and his wife Frankie, as they are dealing with this right now. And I am going to be heading out to, and I'm looking forward to honoring Jake's dad, Rick, this week. So uh, it goes without saying, this this hits all of us and we're family here. And so I... I just wanted to say a few words there and, and just mention that to, to everybody and just let them know what's been going on this past week because it's been a whirlwind and uh, a lot of lot of things going on, a lot of emotions. I got a chance to talk to Jake a little bit on Sunday, which was nice and solid as ever. And the, the words that he wrote about his dad, um, just incredible. He's a very gifted writer. And if you didn't get a chance to read it, it's up a game on Wisconsin. He he wrote about his dad, and he also dedicated his Pick 6 podcast last week to his dad as well. So I uh, just wanted to to acknowledge that, and uh, just a fantastic family the Westendorfs are, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. I, on, uh, the circumstances aside, looking forward to seeing them. So, Okay, so we talked about the Super Bowl a little bit, and unfortunately the Green Bay Packers, as we know, are not going to be playing in that game. And there have been some changes since the last Quick Slants podcast, too, which we already know about. Nathaniel Hackett was hired by the Denver Broncos to be their head coach. Couldn't be happier for Hack. He interviewed with the Atlanta Falcons last season, didn't get the job. This time it does happen for him. He will lead the Broncos. He is moving out west. And I think we knew that was probably going to happen. And that's what happens when you have a really good team. You have a good coaching staff. The other teams around the league want your coaches. Another coach on the move, quarterback coach Luke Getze will be leaving. He's going to become the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. He will stay in the division and will now face the Packers and will go and try and create an offense with Justin Fields at quarterback in Chicago that can try to compete with the Green Bay Packers. Try as they may, we shall see. A lot to be done and said before next season starts. But Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getze, both moving on, both very deserving, both very good, solid guys. Happy for them. And again, this is just part of life in the NFL. We've seen it, saw it happen with Mike McCarthy's staff and guys went on and coached somewhere else and did something else and got promoted. And and it happened with Holmgren's staff when they were winning Super Bowls in the 90s as well, too. So no surprise there. And it does look like Adam Stenovich is going to become the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive line coach who did just a phenomenal job this past season with the old line, getting the most out of a group that was missing David Bakhtiari all season, never really got him back. And that lost Elton Jenkins with about six games left to play in the regular season and weren't going to have him for the playoffs and got guys like Yash Nyman and Royce Newman, John Runyon Jr. and Lucas Patrick moving over to center to fill in for the guys that they would have preferred to have had out there. And the Packers still won games. So Adam Stenovich, very deserving, and he'll be the offensive coordinator, and, and I love it. Absolutely love it. If you asked me who I was hoping the Packers were going to hang on to, if they, they were only going to be able to keep one of Stenovich or Getze, it was Stenovich for me. And I know that he has actually helped 
with some of the game planning and he's been very deserving. So I'm looking forward very much to seeing what he can do with his opportunity here. So, all right. So the coaching staff, we kind of figured out some of those, those things that are going on there. So we, we learned also that after the loss to the 49ers ended the Packers season last week on Saturday, Aaron Rodgers actually stayed in green Bay. This was reported stayed in green Bay for a few days to talk through his future with the Packers. And it certainly sounds like to me, that sounds like someone who is not totally committed to leaving. And the Packers were obviously willing to listen, right? So you had mutual interest there. Head coach Matt LaFleur talked about the Packers having the ability to move money around and keep most of their key guys again for next season after we thought this was the last dance and Rodgers might be gone and Devontae Adams might be gone and Devondre Campbell and all the free agents out there are probably going to leave and they're not going to have any room for any of these players. And to me, as far as keeping their key guys, as Matt LaFleur said, that obviously means Rodgers, Adams, I hope Devondre Campbell is part of that equation. Russell Douglas said that he'd ask for a little bit more but not, and nothing crazy, but he would like to stay in Green Bay. So let's just assume that the Packers are absolutely not letting Rodgers or Adams leave. If we're sticking on with Devondre Campbell, Devondre Campbell finally, you know, he showed us how important the inside linebacker position is because the Packers really have not valued it and have not been shy about that fact. They haven't valued the position. They haven't spent money. They haven't spent high draft picks there. It just has not been a position that they've focused their resources on like they have on the offensive line, edge, pass rusher, cornerback, understandably so. But, you know, they're, 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 uh, with Campbell out there this past season, there wasn't the usual getting gashed over the middle. They The Packers definitely got gashed at times, and they he wasn't, Perfect, but he was an all-pro and deservedly so this season. And even if Campbell's headed somewhere else to play, my Pack-A-Day co-host Paul Brettel made a great point and wonders if, if Devondre Campbell hasn't at least opened the Packers' eyes to the importance of the position. So if it's not going to be Campbell, if they can't afford him because they just simply can't bring everybody back, and they're not going to bring everybody back, then maybe they do spend some decent draft capital on trying to bring an inside linebacker in this next season or for their future where previously they might have just punted on that and waited until the later rounds of the draft. So now it's almost like I have to hope that in their, you know, slush fund, the Packers can find a way to bring Campbell back. My biggest concern is that a player in his position right now is definitely up for not just getting paid, but also getting years. And so the Packers would have to get creative and find a way to try to make that happen if they can. But I think Campbell's a very important part. I think if you're gonna if you're really gonna try to do this again next season, bring back Rodgers, who'll be 39 years old, pay Adams extend him. You've got Jair on the docket coming up here. He's going into his last year. You're going to have to get him taken care of. Then Campbell is is a big piece, and I just think the Packers take a step back enough to where it's, it's going to be a big impact if he's not out there. Chris Barnes played well, 
Chris Barnes played well in a complimentary role. The one thing I liked a lot about the impact that Campbell had for Barnes was that Barnes was healthy. He didn't get hurt. He was hurt all the time in 2020. He was in and out of the lineup all the time because he was the dude. He was the green dot. And in, in limited snaps, I've said it a bazillion times, if you have guys playing the right number of snaps, you're going to save their health and you're also going to get the best production and the best thing for your team. So uh, Devondre Campbell, to me, needs to be a priority. I think the Packers need to try to find a way. And this is where I'll say to those of you out there who think that the salary cap is a myth, good. That'll help the Packers get Devondre Campbell back then if the salary cap is a myth. No, it's not. They have to be under the cap in order to, to make that happen. And Ken Ingles, uh, who does a lot of obviously really good salary cap work on Twitter, uh, put a tweet out that said, for those who are kind of hoping that, you know, are thinking maybe the Packers will sign and trade Devontae Adams, not going to happen because they would have to get Adams signed to his deal and that would have to get, they'd have to be under the cap before the end of the league year, which I think is the middle of March in order to to trade him and uh, they'd have to make some crazy moves in order to make that happen because we're still in the 2021 league year. So Devondre Campbell, hopefully coming back. Matt LaFleur talking about bringing guys back for one more season. Of course, as I sit here and I look at another playoffs that's going on in a Super Bowl that's about to take place and the Packers are not going to play in it, I have to wonder if we're just setting ourselves up to watch another season of successful Packers uh, football in the regular season and then heartbreak in the playoffs by running it back. And it's like, you know, yeah, of course I want them to be there. I want them to be in the playoffs. I'm never going to choose that the Packers don't make the playoffs because I'm sick of them losing in the playoffs because eventually they're going to win. They're going to win it all again if they make it enough times. You know, they've lost for the past 10 years, they've been getting to the playoffs and losing. It's it's very frustrating. And yeah, I'm sick of it. But I will never, ever say, oh, just get a draft picker. If you, you know, if you can't win, don't even go. You know, do I think the Packers will win? And, what, and do I like their chances? Well, I'm going to cover that in a minute, in a way, with some of the stuff I'm going to talk about here as well. So for those of us who were already trying to mentally prepare ourselves for what was next after Rodgers and there's still a lot of time things can go south, north, east, west, whatever, whichever direction they go between Rodgers and the Packers, I have no idea. We never expected last offseason to be as crazy as it was, so I'm never going to say never. Until it's done, it's not done, but it sounds like there's a really good chance that Aaron Rodgers comes back and let's not make any mistake. As much as you might like Jordan Love and see his progression and think that in his third season and his second year and playing some decent snaps in the regular season, he can be better and he can lead this team. And you actually, you know, you want him to lead this team or you're ready for him to lead this team. Aaron Rodgers is still the Packers' best chance. It's not Jordan Love yet. It's still Aaron Rodgers right now. After we watched Tom Brady just truck through the NFL over the last 22 years, and he's still doing it into his mid-40s. You know, say what you will about Aaron Rodgers, but he's trying to take care of his body enough to play a few more years. I don't think he'll play till 45, but he's trying, and he's been fairly healthy the past couple of years. That was kind of the concern after he had the big knee injury and the issues in 2018. Oh, is he, is he kind of on the downslide? He's been very healthy. He's played very well. And in fact, I think we're about to find out that he's going to win another MVP award. So 
you could do a lot worse than Aaron Rodgers. And I think the Packers have a chance to bring him back and just hope to God that he is ready to run this damn offense the way that the offense is supposed to be run in the biggest game of the year. And use all of your resources. You don't just have one resource. The reason why the Rams are in the Super Bowl is because Matthew Stafford spread the ball out. Spread the ball around. Now, I understand that the Packers don't have an OBJ to compliment Devontae. That guy is supposed to be Alan Lazard, MVS. And those guys are not of the same caliber or type of receiver as Odell Beckham Jr. So a true number two. Well, you know, the Packers have a draft to play with here, and we'll see what they do. We'll see what they end up doing. But use your resources. Get out there. Make something of this next season. I'm going to switch over to special teams because these two points that I want to make here are, are they, they're going to kind of go together because they're both special teams related. As we're talking about players, the Packers are going to keep, hang on to. There's, there's one here that I'm really struggling with. And it's, it's kicker Mason Crosby. So Crosby is due $4.7 million in 2022. And that's not a ton of money. But it's $4.7 million. And the Packers have some slicing and dicing to do to get underneath the salary cap. Now, they can do it pretty easily by making a couple of moves that are obvious and that I think they're going to make. And they don't have to cut Mason Crosby to do that. So Crosby go, you know, being cut is not going to save the Packers' season. And I don't know if that's necessarily even on the radar of what they're planning on doing. But... Almost $5 million for a kicker who has been reliable, has been fairly accurate, had his struggles this season in 2021. And ironically, the Bengals win in overtime on a McPherson field goal after that guy missed three in a row and gifted and handed the Green Bay Packers a victory over the Bengals earlier this season. The Packers beat both the teams playing in the Super Bowl this year. I know that that twists the knife a little bit in the season, but... We're talking about kickers. So, but Mason Crosby, can he just can't kick it out of the end zone consistently on kickoff anymore. And obviously, if your special teams are what they are and the Packers just don't seem to have any answers or any improvements, then you've got to do you've got to have somebody who can kick it out of the end zone and just remove the risk of a kick return. If you can't tackle a, a returner and you're that bad and you're just you're blocked that easily and your guys are so jag that you cannot possibly keep a kick returner inside the 35, then you got to kick it out of the end zone. If you can't, that's a liability. And Mason Crosby just can't do it. And the reason I say he can't do it is because if he's not, if he is, if he can do it, he is able to do it, and he wasn't, then that's insubordination, either by Maurice Strayton or by Crosby. Because why are you kicking to anybody? I don't care if Malik Taylor is on the other side and playing for the other guys. Malik Malik Taylor is probably the most undynamic returner of the football I have ever seen in my life on any team, let alone on any Packers team. And I would worry about a guy like that torching the Packers' kick coverage because they're so easily blocked, they're so undisciplined, and they were so bad. So I don't know if the Packers can keep rolling with Crosby. 
You want the veteran presence. You want that steady mindset. You want his accuracy. He's a good kicker. He can still kick. He's younger than Aaron Rodgers. He's not old by kicker standards. He's still a good kicker. But do you want, honestly, do you want to have to carry another kicker on the roster just to kick off? You can't. You can't do it. So the Packers might have a decision to make here. Because if I'm Mason Crosby, I'm not taking a pay cut. Why? He's earned over the course of his career. He's the leading scorer in Packers history. He doesn't need to take a pay cut. Some other team would be glad to have Mason Crosby and they would they would take him in a heartbeat. But let the kickoff problems become someone else's because I they've got to figure out special teams. It just it just seems like you you can't possibly let that doom you two years in a row. It was so disappointing to see it play out the way it did this season. And one of those ended up being a blocked field goal. Crosby is part of it. You know, blame it on the long snapper, blame it on the holder, whatever you want to do. Crosby's part of that whole mechanics. And I it just, you know, he, he just, you got Steven Wordle that came in while we're talking about it. He was bad. He shouldn't be back. That was a mistake. I don't know what happened with Hunter Bradley. I have no idea. We weren't in the locker room. We weren't part of everything. I don't know if there was something weird going on there. Uh, Corey Bohorquez seemed to do fine, and I don't care whether he, uh, Mason Crosby doesn't like Corey Bohorquez as a holder, which I don't think is the case. Too bad, because Bohorquez needs to be the punter. He was good, and he needs to stay. That was a great move. That was a really good move, bringing him in uh, and swapping him out with J.K. Scott, who was a draft pick. So now the Packers have their punter, but they'll have to figure out the long snapper situation, and they'll they'll have to figure out the place-kicking situation. I will say this. If the Packers are going to stick with Crosby, okay, Listen, it's not going to doom them, but you're going to have to fix the kick coverage straight up. And you got to change the long snapper. If you just trot out that same, those same three guys, Wordle, Crosby, Borges next season, I don't like it. They already proved it wasn't good. They already saw the issues and had problems. Fix it. While we're talking about fixing things on special teams, I'll just start with this. My last point of the show. Maurice Drayton is still in Green Bay. Somehow. Maurice Drayton is still in Green Bay. I am an emotional fan. I get very emotional. I say what I'm thinking more often than I should. I tweet what I'm thinking more often than I should. It's just how I've been and who I've been. But I think when it comes to things like being critical of the Packers. I think that I've honed it over the past couple of years. And I think if I'm being critical, I think I have been a more fair in the way that I've worded it and in the way that I've approached it. And I have said on multiple occasions as well, when a player has been cut, when a coach has been fired or moved on or whatever, it's not just the player. They're part of the Packers family and they have families of their own. They have wives, they have moms, dads, brothers, sisters, children who may live in Green Bay, who may go to school in Green Bay. It's a big deal when you make a change and you uproot someone's life if you're going to make a coaching change. But the Packers have to make one here. They have to. We're in hiring season and they've done nothing. 
And so it appears to me that the Packers are going to keep Maurice Drayton again in 2022. I know that you don't just fire someone because you're mad or make an emotional decision following a loss like the Packers suffered, but the special teams weren't just bad last week. They they were bad all season, and they they got worse. They were bad the year prior with Sean Menenga. And the, uh, and the option to replace him was with someone that was on his staff. Someone was already part of a bad special teams unit, and they got worse. It's a mistake to keep Maurice Drayton as the special teams coordinator. You can keep him, but he shouldn't be leading special teams. As I said, the Packers, they, 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 they need to not only let him go, but I think, as I said on the last show, Matt LaFleur needs to apologize to him for putting him in that role to begin with. That was just, you know, put it, you're setting him up for failure. He was not prepared. He's not prepared and qualified to run a special teams unit. Strong words for me there. Very strong words for me. I don't go there very often, but I'm telling you right now, as a fan who expects a team to achieve what they're supposed to achieve, and who knows if the Packers were would have been winners today on Sunday had they beaten the 49ers. But you got to beat the 49ers. You can't let the reason you lose a playoff game be crap like that. And Maurice Drayton is the dude at the top of the chain of the special teams. And if you really want to go beyond that, it's Matt LaFleur for hiring him. So I know those are strong words. But I'm saying, I'll say this right now. The reason why is because I'm telling you the special teams are going to be bad again in 2022. They're not going to be good. You're not going to just all of a sudden decide that the 2021, the 2022 NFL draft is going to be focused on special teams. And you're just going to go draft a bunch of special teams aces in the draft. Don't work that way. So how are you going to improve the talent enough to make sure that the coaching doesn't blow it? Because the Packers blew it. And part of, against the Niners in, in this season, in the 21 season, and a big part of the reason why they blew it aside from bad quarterback play and a head coach that didn't have his team ready against the same team for the second time in three years was special teams. And that's, it's, it's, you know, it's easy to improve from 32nd, which the Packers were 32nd in special teams. So sure. You can say like, well, Hey, Maurice Drayton can improve them or they they can improve. Well, do you, I don't think going from 32nd to 30th or being 28th again is really what we're trying to accomplish here. They need to be better than that. Teams are going to continue to attack this weak spot, and the Packers are going to have more issues for us to suffer through in 2022. I am telling you right now because they've already not made the change. My other Packaday co-host, Matt Fralick, said on this past Saturday show, hey, give Drayton at least one more season. Okay, fine. My response to that was, What are you going to feel and say when next year we're in the same situation? That the Packers not being in the Super Bowl because their special teams were a dumpster. What what are you going to say to that? How are you going to rationalize that in your mind? How are you going to make that okay? How are you going to look back and say, look, I'm okay. I'll always be a fan of the Green Bay Packers. I will not even a little bit Except, except the same thing 
befuddling this team. There is still time. Maybe the Packers do make a change at coach there. Maybe they do hire a new coordinator. Maybe they have a plan and just hasn't played out yet. But Maurice Drayton is still in Green Bay right now. I, I, hate, I hate the keeping of him in the role. And my expectations for the 2022 Green Bay Packers are absolutely going to be impacted by the fact that he's still, as far as we stand right now, leading the special teams. You can't be a Super Bowl team and be dead last in the league in one entire area of the game. I don't care which one it is. You definitely can't be a dead last defense or offense. Ask the 2011 Packers because they had the best offense and the worst defense. And how'd that go? You cannot be dead last in the league as a special teams unit. You can't and, and be a Super Bowl team. You just can't. We should have known. We should have known. We all got fooled. We should have been prepared and known it. And Matt LaFleur and the Packers, as far as it's, it looks right now, they're going to trot the same culture and leadership on special teams out there and somehow hope that they don't do what they did all of this past season. I don't know how you can be sitting there after three straight seasons of failure and disappointment, twice to your buddy, Kyle Shanahan, who you know and who you were at, had at home in your own building, couldn't score, couldn't find the end zone, and you let them eat by and how you just say, hey, you know what? We're just going to do the same. That's like running the same play three times and saying, you know what? I don't care if you know what's coming. We're going to beat you. Well, th- this ain't the 50s and the 60s anymore. You know, a a cloud of dust in one yard. Like, that ain't the NFL of today. You got to have a plan. You got to have your team prepared and ready to go. Matt LaFleur's had three cracks at it and he failed all three times. And he's standing here and taking one for the team or for whatever you want to call it by keeping Maurice Drayton and saying, hey, I'm not going to just make a change for change's sake. Well, I don't think we're at change's sake here. This is bad enough that somebody needs to go. And I think that that was Maurice Strayton. So that's my take. Kind of a, kind of a somber quick slants podcast for this Monday. I, you know, but that's, that's the news of the week. Like that's what there was out there. And just some thoughts that I had there. And I am just going to stop harping on it here. And we'll see what the Packers do with their acquisition period, free agency, the draft, everything else to try to fix their special teams because they desperately, desperately need to. And maybe they'll find a bunch of guys. Maybe they're going to get really busy in the undrafted free agency. And these are bottom of the roster guys. So these are late round draft picks. Maybe instead of just, you know, taking a flyer on some running, back, some, you know, some guy that can maybe contribute on offense. Maybe the qualification is, is look, if we're drafting you in rounds five, six, seven and beyond, you're going to have to play on special teams and you're going to have to be good. You have to be good enough. And Matt LaFleur needs to get, gets his, he needs to get his butt in the special teams meeting rooms. I don't care if he's micromanaging at this point where he's Drayton is going to stay around. He deserves to be micromanaged because that's what Matt LaFleur has chosen. He's chosen to keep somebody in the role who can't be trusted. His units were terrible, historically bad. We haven't seen special teams as bad as the Packers ever in some way, shape, or form. They're terrible. So Matt LaFleur now has decided that he's going to spend time in the special teams meeting room instead of doing other things that he could be doing as the head coach because he's keeping Maurice Straighten around and he's hoping that that doesn't spoil another season. And I'm here to tell you that there's 
a pretty good chance that it will. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Quick Slants Podcast. I really hope that it's a more upbeat show this next time. This is probably the last one of the stank of 2021 spilling over into the show. And hopefully we'll be on to some other topics and talk about some other fun things uh, soon. So you can find me again on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perrone. You can find Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI. Again, thanks everybody for all of the support that you gave to Game On Wisconsin, to the Quick Slants podcast, to all of our shows, all of our live shows through the season. We'll still be doing some of them now. Might be scaled back a little bit because there's no Packers football to talk about and we're not going to just sit here and make stuff up for you. But if there's ever anything that you guys want to hear, topics, questions, anything, tweet us. Send us a message. Let us know. If you haven't already, follow the and subscribe to Game On Wisconsin wherever you find your podcast. Make sure to give us a rating and a review. Everybody have a great week. It is winter time in most of the United States, so it's still chilly probably where most people reside. Want everybody to stay warm, stay safe as always, and go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left, cutting left to the 50, to the 45-40. Track down from behind. 